thanks to Volvo Cars for supporting this episode of the podcast. Register today for the virtual TCS New York City Marathon and run for Volvo Cars sweepstakes. Whether you participate in person or virtually, you can enter for a chance to win your dream Volvo. Learn more at runforvolvocars.com. Welcome to episode four of Habitual Routine. I'm Coach Anique Lamar. And I'm Coach Roberto Manje. For this season of Habitual Routine, we'll be focusing on telling stories of runners who will be joining us for the 2021 TCX New York City Marathon. Today, we chat with Maria Solis Belizaire. Maria is the founder of two nationally known running clubs, Latinos Run and Latinas Run. Launched in New York City, Latinos Run is an international organization that promotes running as a way to improve physical and mental health in the Latino community, and it has a global audience serving over 25,000 runners. Latinas Run was created as a safe space for Latinas to connect and inspire each other through running and other fitness-related activities. This free group and platform is a place to empower one another and have a healthy dialogue for women of all colors and backgrounds. We chat with Maria about how an unbought URL inspired a club that now serves tens of thousands of people, how representation is a catalyst for movement, and why she believes the TCS New York City Marathon is the best marathon in the world. All right, let's chat with Maria. Hi, Maria. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Uh, Yeah, we are super excited about this. And before we jump into uh, the motivation and the connection of tens of thousands of Latino runners, we want to hear your story. Let's start at the very beginning. How did you begin your journey in running? So I actually began running at a very young age, um, just really just doing it with my family, going to the park, you know, racing against my father and in school. And then I joined a soccer team. And I just remember the coaches saying that I wasn't the best soccer player, but I can always overhear them saying Maria was the fastest on the team. So I always knew, you know, at a young age that I only made the team because I was one of the fastest runners. So I had this idea in my head that I wanted to be a runner. I don't know what that was, you know, at um, 10 years old, but that's what I wanted to be. I ran in high school. When I got out of it, I just really just stopped running. And then in my 30s, my twin sister invited me for a race, like a fun run. And, you know, I was like, oh, I always wanted to be a runner. So (laughs) went with her to this race. We did not run at all because first time after so many years, you know, it's like we walked the entire 5k. Um, But I just remember calling a friend saying, Hey, I did a 5k race. And they just started going on about the 100 mile races they do and New York City Marathon. And um, he convinced me to sign up for New York Roadrunners 9 plus one program. So I immediately signed up for the races. Um, I there was only 10 races left when he had told me about it, and you had to do the nine plus one. So I was pretty much started booking as many as I could so I could do the marathon the following year. I had no clue that somebody that looked like me, um, that never had really run before, could do a marathon. I had no idea that that existed, even though I used to go see the marathon every year. I live four blocks away from Central Park, and I would just walk every year to go see the runners finish. And so I signed up for the race and got into doing my first 5K. I did the Pride Run. That was my first race and continued so that I could qualify for the following year's marathon. So, yeah, it was kind of New York Roadrunners led me into this journey. That's, that's so great to hear, Maria. And it's always interesting to hear how different people 
find their way into running. You know, we all have that story of like, we were good at this sport, but not that great or this and that. So, right. you know, thank you for, for sharing that. And running is, is better for it because we're a collection of people who found our way here. Um, speaking of a collection of people, um, what were the origins of creating Latinos and Latinas Run? Um, and why do you think New York City was such a great place to launch um, this organization? So when I did my first race, one thing I didn't tell you in the last, um, you know, things that I said, my friend bailed on me for the first race. Oh, the pride oh, run. No. And I remember sitting there that night before going, do I get up and do these races or do I not? You know, a lot of people just get up and go, do I quit or do I go? And because I had already paid for my races and there was only 10 left, I just got up that morning and I went there and I was like, okay, got to find people, but I don't know anybody out here. So I just went up to people and said, hey, can I take a picture of you, you know, with you? Because it was a pride race, pride run. And you know how that is. Um, it's music and it's colorful and people are having, you know, just a blast. And I immediately was like, OK, we have to find a group for Latinos. Like I need a space for, you know, people that look like me. And I immediately went home and I typed into Google Latin runners, Latinos run and GoDaddy popped up and it was like, do you want to buy this site for like $17.99? And I said, okay, I purchased the site. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. I just knew that at the pride run, I really wanted to find like a Latino group, but I didn't know how that was. I went up to a lot of people in like the following races and asked them, do you know any Latino group? And the answer was constantly like, no, I don't know anybody. So I joined other teams. Um, I even signed up for front runners to support my twin sister and signed up for other groups. But I really wanted something for Latinos. So I basically kind of started the group just from GoDaddy selling me, you know, offering <laughs> me the site. And it sat there for a while. And I just kept finding people throughout time and said, we have to start something for Latinos because I want to have like a team that kind of represents our community, especially like when we go to all the, all the other races, like the Scotland run and Ireland and all these other races, I really want something that's for Latinos. And I want to show more representation at these races. So after it's sitting there for a while, I finally decided that's it. We're going to start it and start highlighting our community. So kind of was born out of that first race, that Pride Run. I, I love that, you know, Pride Run, representation-based race, you know, right. from it is born um, a representation-based group that really wants right. to bring awareness inclusion. Um, your mission statement, I'm going to read you your mission statement, which okay. you know, obviously, but for our listeners, um, as a, it is as a, a minority-based organization, we've opened the door to highlight a community that is largely ignored in the health and fitness industry. Our goal is to inspire more individuals of color to change the way the fitness industry looks. So my question is, how have you seen representation for Latinos, Latinx, and Hispanic runners progress since you've begun uh, this work? Yeah, you know, um, when I first started, um, like I said, I couldn't find any team, which is pretty much why I started it. Even though there were Latino teams that were in New York City, because we're such a diverse, you know, city to begin with, um, I felt like there wasn't any team that really stood out as being Latino based, you know, focused on our community. Um, so when I started it, I eventually started seeing other groups. I started meeting other people who had other groups. And then I started seeing more groups pop up, especially in the Bronx and Harlem, which is where we launched ours. I saw so many different groups of, of color and I was just so inspired, especially the last um, few years. You know, if you remember running the New York City Marathon, maybe six years ago or so, when you get to the Bronx or Harlem, it was a lot more quieter than when you get, when you're in you know, Brooklyn, which is really hype and loud and kind of you get that energy. Um, 
but it's something has shifted in the last couple of years that when you get to the Bronx, it is like, or even Harlem, it's amazing. There are just so many people there for those last few miles to like really cheer you. And it's mostly those groups of color. And it's something that we did not see, you know, maybe five, six years ago when I started. So I can definitely see the changes within the last few years. But for me, mostly I see it when I'm running that New York City Marathon and the teams are out cheering for their, their members and to see so many of them and to see also the change of what borough you're in when you see that particular like you know community of color and to see them out there it it really inspires me and it's kind of the way I say where I realize um wow something is changing here something's changing within our community and you know the demographics you could see them all coming out in these races um you could see the change where there's more representation um it's really been something something eye-opening for me and I started to see it as I travel the country I go 30 40 you know states a year um I'm able to see that all across the country. And it's really impactful for a community like ours to see people that look like us doing these races where our representation number was already low um, to start changing and reflect more of the country that we live in. So I definitely see a huge shift and I love it. I'm for it. What do you think the running community and the running industry can do better to support runners? especially those who don't feel represented in the current races or the current organizations, how can, how can it, and how can we improve? So as far as the running community in general, I don't want to say New York Roadrunners because I think whenever I tell people about how running should look, I always point them towards what New York Roadrunners does because I don't see that in other cities as much inclusivity, diversity, especially when it comes to like the 5K before the marathon. You start at the United Nations, you do the parade. So we understand that when it comes to New York Roadrunners and especially like the marathon and stuff, we understand that inclusivity representation is extremely important for you guys. And I always try to explain that to people that I wish other races could see how important it is because we all want to be participating in this activity. You know, running, jogging, walking is one of the most popular activities in the world. Every gym you go to, the first thing you're going to see and recognize is a treadmill. Um, the one thing that we all own growing up in school is a pair of trainers, sneakers. Like we all have to run in gym from whatever, you know, the youngest age we can imagine. Um, so I think that when you go to races, especially in other cities across the country, uh, I find myself sometimes as the only person that looks like me. And I know it because people come up to me. Like sometimes there could be one person after the other, after the other saying, what are you doing here? Like, where are you from? And sometimes I'm like, who, like, how do you know I'm not from here? What makes you think that who gave you this idea that somebody that looks like me can't be from this town? Um, and I think it's because particular races or, or brands don't show as much representation, don't put their budget into reaching out to that community. Um, so usually when you go to a race, you don't see anybody that looks like me. And I, I've done so many races across this country and states all over. Um, and I definitely see a difference when it comes to a diverse New York City who understands how important it is to make their events very inclusive and diverse, as opposed to maybe another brand or another race that doesn't understand the opportunity for doing that um, and the importance of doing that. Yeah, that's, um, well, obviously we're interviewing as NYR employees, but we appreciate that because oftentimes, and we've mentioned this a lot lately with interviews, we have one view of, of ourselves of how we like to be right. perceived and, and, and projected and what we like to 
you know, how we like to serve our running community. And then there's obviously the other view of the other side, like, like yours and like, how is that actually landing? So obviously there's yeah. always strides that could be made, but it's great to know because at the end of the day, you know, you and your group, uh, NYR, uh, myself, my colleagues, like we are representatives of, of New York city, which is like, as they say, the greatest city in the world and, right. and, and super eclectic. So, um, being that you're, you know, you are a runner now, you call yourself a runner, like we're all yeah. runners. Um, what is one of the important lessons running has taught you? Um, has that lesson helped you lead and serve others better? Because you are obviously a leader. Yeah, I think um, going back to what I just said, how important uh, inclusivity is. Um, I think it's very important um, just showing the inclusivity. I think for me, as somebody who travels the country, goes from state to state to state, the thing that I've realized over the last five years is how important it is to see somebody that looks like me and to see us represented, whether it's an advertisement for a race, whether it's a sneaker that we're about to buy or a T-shirt brand, how important it is to see somebody that looks like us. Um, because I've been to so many places and so many states or, or trails or parks where I didn't see people that look like me or gone to races where I saw where I was the only person of color. And that was probably the number one big thing that has, I, that has really opened my eyes over the last few years um, is how important it is. And also when I go through running magazines, I'm always like, is there anybody of color? Or if I go on Instagram and I go through a certain brand's Instagram page, why should I go through an entire year and see nobody of color? And if I reach out to them, sometimes I get these excuses of, well, there's nobody in trail in this city or, you know, like just, just excuses. But the truth is we're out there. We want to participate in this, but a lot of times we don't know how to participate in this sport or we don't know that this sport is for us because we don't see, you know, inclusion in their advertising. So that's probably the biggest thing for me because I've gone to so many states, so many cities, hosted so many events where I've seen the good and the bad, you know, from from all of it. So, but like I said, I always reflect back to New York Roadrunners and the races that you guys do and what I see in a, a diverse New York City and the efforts that you go to to make sure that it's inclusive as opposed to some other places that don't understand the benefit of making it more inclusive. Yeah, I love how you break down also this idea of like outreach. You know, you have to be um, as an organization, as a brand, or, or whatever it is, you have to be right. doing active outreach. You have to go and connect with people, um, and I, I just think that's such a powerful message too. Uh, that if you're listening and you're thinking about how do I, you know, to the question like how, how can we do better, like outreach, right. you know, like direct outreach right. and making those connections. Right. And also having people within your company that understands our community. Yeah. Um, I speak to brands every single day, all day I'm on the phone. And one thing I notice in a lot of them is there's not anybody that looks like me having the conversation or who's, you know, working on an event with me that sometimes the way things are written, sometimes the way things are designed doesn't reflect our community. And a lot of times, like, I don't necessarily have the time to kind of spend a lot of time with your brand to educate you. Sometimes you have to hire somebody who's already a part of that community and understands what diversity means to help kind of facilitate an event or a product launch or an event launch, whatever the case may be. So it's really important. And the word that my sister taught me, we always have these conversations on our morning walks is accountability. That's like the number one word she always says, you know, it's so important to have accountability and also understand, you know, like the importance of the community. A lot of times, a lot of brands don't realize that we buy into brands that really connect with us. 
and you're losing a huge market, the largest growing demographic in the country, the youngest demographic in the country, you're losing a huge market if you're really not putting attention and dollars, your budget marketing into that community. Um, so it's a total loss if you don't, you know, understand how important that outreach or, you know, having that accountability to work with that community is. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I, you know, I, just having that also that person investing in the employees who yes. understand that, who have that expertise, who, who are authentic, um, group members, um, and can elevate voices and really make connections. Absolutely. Um, I think Absolutely. that's so, so powerful. Um, all right. So our, our last question here, um, now I feel like it's a little biased because we obviously love New York and, you know, there's a lot of New York conversation going on here, but, but why New York? What is it about the New York city marathon that is so special that, um, you know, it's internationally known. We love it here. What do you think it is about this marathon that does it for people? So I think for like, for me, I'm a Latina woman, but I'm extremely like mixed. Our background is very mixed and I celebrate like diversity and people who, who come from all over. Um, and I think when you see New York, you know, city marathon, the week of the race, you see people coming from all over the world and it's exciting to hear, you know, Italians speak or to see their team, you know, running with their team jackets on or whatever the case may be. Um, just seeing such an ethnic mix of people from around the world, so many countries, it's exciting. But on top of that, I think the planning of how you guys put on the race, the marathon is so different than other marathons. The expo is massive. <laughs> Um, you have so many events throughout the day. So you have time to really dive into the experience of what the marathon is. And I think a lot of times at other races, it's not really the same. You don't get as much from that race. You don't get the experience. You don't really get the education that you may need because you guys have panel talks and parades and, you know, the race that, like I said, that's at the United Nations that starts there. We're, we're talking about all the countries. It's so exciting. It's almost like a party for an entire week. So I always tell people out of all the marathons, like you, like I, I try to explain, you can't understand unless you go to New York City and do the marathon to understand what you're really missing. You know, when people talk about this marathon, that marathon, I'm like, it's not the same. It's not the same. I'm like, it's just such a different experience. I literally am out there every day of the week when you have all the marathon events. I'm there for like hours, um, just like meeting friends, going to different booths, talking to the brands that are there, especially for my organization. It's important for us. Um, listening to the talks that you guys have, doing our race before, our pictures, our team pictures. Um, it's very important for us. So yeah, I like this. Anybody who knows me already knows that my favorite marathon is New York City Marathon, hands down. I don't think it'll ever change um, just because of everything. And also one thing that I always tell people is like, the moment you start the race, first of all, being on the bridge is one thing. But when you get to Brooklyn, there's like nothing that can explain the hype of Brooklyn in your city <laughs> marathon. There's nothing. There's nothing you'll ever see that is like that. So I love it. The eclectic mix of people as you go through the boroughs, you know, the music playing, the bands playing, salsa music, hip hop music, rock music, you know, it's really interesting. It's, it's, I love it. I love it, love it, love it. 
Well, thank you for sharing that, Maria. I, I think any listener who is maybe on the fence about potentially doing New York in future years, I, I think you just converted them. Um, I mean, I, I work so. here, I run the race, and uh, and I'm converted even more because I'm like, right, like the, the eclectic music is, you know, we were just talking right. about that the other day in a, in a meeting. So yeah, on, on, on behalf of my colleague and I, thank you so much for, for your time thank today you. and sharing your journey, and we wish you the best of luck. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And I'm excited to, you know, be in New York City in a couple weeks. God, we're almost there and yeah. um, meet all these runners from across the country. I'm truly excited about it. So it's a great opportunity for us. And, you know, just to be a part of what you guys are doing is really exciting. If people are interested in joining, how can they find you? Sure. They could go to latinosrun.com and that's just our mixed group, Latinos, women and men. Um, and if it's something that they want just for women only, they can go to latinosrunclub.com and it's everything about Latina women. Uh, we love it. Thank you so much for joining us today. And we, we are so excited to root you on uh, in the marathon. Good Thank luck. Thank you. I really appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. All right, runners. For this week's training tip, we're going to talk race strategy. So the marathon is 26.2 miles long. We all know that. And the halfway point, mathematically speaking, is 13.1 miles. But for many runners, whether they're first-time marathoners or not, they make the mistake of thinking, if I could just get to 13.1 miles, I'm halfway done. So yes, mathematically speaking, you are. I'm not going to revolutionize math, but we're talking about race strategy. So for the marathon, I want you to imagine that Physiologically speaking, the halfway point is mile 20. And why do I say that? Well, because if your goal is three hours, four hours, five hours, regardless of what your goal is, whether you're a new runner or not, if you could comfortably run your goal pace or just off it to mile 20, meaning holding back, being well in reserve, not to the halfway point, but to mile 20, you give yourself a better chance to finish strong and actually hit your goal, provided you're having a great day. So in the last 10K or 6.2 miles of a race, do what you can with the energy you have left. If you feel phenomenal, slowly speed up each mile. If you're feeling very tired, which is also common and normal, conserve energy and try to run an even pace. Mentally prepare for both outcomes so you have a race day strategy no matter how you feel at mile 20. But again, remember, treat mile 20 as your halfway point, not 13.1. Past that, use it as a checkpoint, but keep going and think, I have to make it to mile 20 feeling good, and then the last 10K will take care of itself. Good luck, runners. Thank you to Volvo Cars for supporting this episode, and thank you, Maria, for sharing your story. Please subscribe or follow wherever you listen to podcasts and share this episode. And thank you to our team who helped make this show happen. Today's show was produced, edited, and mixed by John Phillips. Thanks so much for listening, and good luck as you continue your journey to the TCS New York City Marathon. We'll see you next week. Feel it in my feet, and it feels so good.